Thank you. Our scripture today comes from Luke uh, 2.22. Jesus presented at the temple. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do to him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servants depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple worshiping and f with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. What a privilege to be here together once again and to come before the Word of God and to let the Holy Spirit guide us and speak to us this morning. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come with open hearts to your Word. We stand at the entrance of a transformative encounter with you. Put out your Holy Spirit upon us that our minds may be enlightened, our hearts softened, and our spirit awakened to the truth revealed in your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the mid-20th century, C.S. Lewis, an Oxford scholar and renowned author, 
found himself on a journey of discovery. Lewis was an atheist who believed that Christianity was just a myth. However, through the influence of his friends and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Lewis experienced a profound change in his life. One evening, as Lewis struggled with his skepticism, he attended a meeting where the guest speaker happened to be the none other than J.R.R. Tolkien, the author or the writer of The Lord of the Rings. And during his speech, Tolkien engaged the room with a compelling conversation about the nature of myth and the ultimate truth found in Christianity. In that moment, Lewis experienced a profound encounter with the truths of Jesus Christ. His intellectual barriers crumbled, and he embraced the transformative power of faith, becoming one of the most influential, influential Christian apologists of the 20th century. Now, as we read the transformative encounter that we find in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38, consider the impact of meeting Jesus in our own life. Let us allow the word of God to guide us in discovering who Jesus is, why he fulfilled the law the role of the Holy Spirit in our journey of faith and the results of encountering Jesus. So let us start with knowing more about who Jesus is in our passage. If we read the verses 22 to 24, we will find that Luke is emphasizing the importance of Jesus fulfilling the law of Moses. In those, in those two verses, we are going to find expressions like the law of Moses, fulfilling according to the law of the Lord. And when it was time for purification, Jesus' parents brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and offered a sacrifice as prescribed by the law of the Lord given to Moses. So you see, from his earliest days, Jesus faithfully adhere to the entire law of Moses. This was not a mere formality, but had a double, a double purpose. First, purpose is the necessity for Jesus to be recognized as a teacher in Israel. A teacher uncircumcised. Or a teacher disobedient to the law of Moses would not have been accepted by the people of Israel. Don't you think? There is the first purpose. The second reason why Luke mentions many times that Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses 
to the letter is due to the inability of the human race to fulfill the perfect law of Moses. If you read the Old Testament, if you read the Pentateuch, even Moses couldn't fulfill the law that he gave to the people. And so, none of us, that's the point of Luke, none of us is capable of living according to God's standards. And therefore, we fail time after time, and that is what the Bible calls sin. And sin becomes a barrier to our relationship with him. And the law of Moses, what the law of Moses represents is the standard of perfection needed for fellowship with God. And so, Jesus, being sinless and obedient, is the only human who fulfill the entire perfect law of God, even when he was a baby. And that is what Luke is telling us in this passage. His obedience ingraining to his very being from infancy is the breach that enable us to have communion with God. It is an exchange. If you want to call it, it is a transaction. Our sin, it is imputed or it is transferred to Him and His perfect Obedience, his perfect life is imputed or it is transferred to us. That is the transaction. Your imperfect life for his perfect life. His obedience for our disobedience. And without this perfect obedience to the entire law of God, we remain in our imperfection, and therefore we are enabled to have communion with God. And that's why Luke, in this passage, is stressing that Jesus fulfilled the full, every dot, every point of the law of God. He was perfect in order to exchange that perfection for our imperfections. But now, let us focus on another aspect of who Jesus is. Let's talk about the manner or the way in which Jesus came to us. Notice in verse 24, we read about Joseph and Mary offering a pair of turtle doves or pigeons as a sacrifice according to the law of God. And if we look further, we learn that this kind of offering was made because Mary and Joseph were poor. 
Leviticus 12, verse 8, state that only those who couldn't afford grain offerings or a lamb offering would offer turtle doves or pigeons as a sacrifices. So picture the poverty in which Jesus was born. The manger that cradled the king of kings. His parents' poor offering shows a heartbreaking truth about Jesus, the Messiah. He chose humility and poverty from his very birth. In Luke 9:58, Jesus himself expresses the reality of his earthly existence. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. This is not a mere representation of physical poverty, but a profound spiritual truth. He who was God became poor. The king of kings became a servant. From the very beginning, Jesus was a man acquainted with sorrow and suffering. Since his infancy, he became poor. His poverty and humiliation were not accidental. They were intentional. Though his choice to endure suffering, no, I'm sorry, through his choice to endure suffering, Jesus spares us the shame we rightly deserve. It's again a divine exchange. It's again a divine transaction. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 8 says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but empty, emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant. Not just a man like you and me. As a servant. And being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the, to the point of death. Even death on cross he became poor so then we can be rich he became a slave so then we can become free what a transaction what a beautiful transaction we see in these Beautiful passage in Luke. But now let's transition from the person and work of Jesus to the person and work of the Holy Spirit who arrange personal 
personal encounters with Jesus. This is what we see in verses 30, 25 to 35. We encounter Simeon, a righteous man in Jerusalem. And it says that the Holy Spirit rested upon, his, upon this man, giving him a divine guidance and giving him a divine revelation that he would not see death before he had seen, before he had seen Jesus. The story of Simeon, we see how the Holy Spirit guided him into the temple at the very moment when Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus. Simeon's response to the Holy Spirit's guidance is a beautiful demonstration of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives as well. The Holy Spirit prepares us to meet Jesus by opening our spiritual eyes to see and understand spiritual realities. Then the Holy Spirit directs us to find Jesus and finally the Holy Spirit produces faith in our hearts to believe in Him. It is the Holy Spirit's work to prepare us to encounter Jesus and to do all these things in our hearts. Have you thought about how you ended up here today? It is possible that the Holy Spirit guided you to this moment to meet Jesus. You see, that is why church gatherings are not random events, but rather unique opportunities that the Holy Spirit prepare for us to meet Jesus. Your being here today is evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Wanting you, prompting you to come and to say, I want to be there because I want to meet Jesus. This is not chance. It is a divine encounter. The Holy Spirit is actively moving in, leading us to meet Jesus. There were many people at the temple the day when Jesus was presented. However, only Simeon was able to recognize the Christ child. Only him was able to recognize that this child was the consolation of Israel. Is not this a vivid illustration of the Holy Spirit's role in helping us recognize Jesus even when everybody, everyone around misses him?
why you believed, why you are here sitting, listening to me, when others are thinking that what I am saying is totally crazy. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now let us turn our attention to the next character in our passage. Her name is Anne. Anna, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm calling Anne. Oh, kind of. But Anna was an elderly prophetess widow devoted to worshiping God by fasting and praying at the temple day and night. Her worship life of fasting and praying talks of her dependence on God for both her physical and spiritual needs. Fasting and praying, my dear friends, reflect our true spiritual need for God. Anna's life marked by worship, by devotion, by prayer and fasting invite us to consider the role of these spiritual disciplines in our encounter with Jesus today. These spiritual disciplines of getting, getting together with others on Sunday. These spiritual disciplines of reading your Bible. These spiritual disciplines of praying. These spiritual disciplines of fasting. These are not attempts to earn God's Favor, but these are joyful expressions of our knowledge and our dependence on God alone. A writer, Donald Whitney, explained these spiritual disciplines for the Christian life in a beautiful way. Listen to this author. Think of the spiritual disciplines as ways to place ourselves in the path of God's grace and seek Him. Much like Zacchaeus placed himself physically in Jesus' path and sought Him. Do you remember Zacchaeus running ahead of everybody else? Climbing this tree and thinking, this is the place where I am making sure that I will see Jesus. Those are the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. It's putting yourself where Jesus is going to pass, where Jesus is going to pass. It's making sure that you are in the right place where Jesus is going to talk to you, is going to speak to you, and is going to change you, is going to transform your life.
This is what happens when we fast, when we pray, when we read our Bibles, when we come to worship uh, on Sundays. We put ourselves on the path, on the path where Jesus will encounter us. Anna put herself in a place where she knew with certainty that Jesus was going to pass by. She was in the temple. She encountered Jesus at the temple, which became a moment of profound worship and witness. Her response reflects a heart overflowing with gratitude for the gift of Jesus. So how is our response to Jesus? Are our hearts prepared and full of devotion to encounter Jesus? Or are we distracted and devoted to other things that we miss Jesus time after time? What are you doing to make sure that you are not distracted and missing Jesus when he is beside you? Are you preparing yourself to come to the church, to pray, to fast. It's beautiful to see that Anna did not keep this encounter to herself. She spoke of Jesus to all who were waiting as well the redemption of Israel. She spoke to those who as well were prompted by the Holy Spirit and that they were ready and waiting for the redemption of Israel. Her life became a testimony, a witness to the transformative power of encountering Jesus. And as we conclude... I would like to bring your attention back to Simeon's words to Mary in Luke chapter 2, verse 34, when, when Simeon said to Mary, Behold, pay attention means behold. Pay careful attention. This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Jesus was appointed for the fall of those who reject him and for the rising of those who embrace him. If you trust this Jesus, if you believe this Jesus, if you love this Jesus, if you treasure this Jesus, then 
you will rise with him. As it says there, he is appointed for the fall of those who pass by Jesus, never pay attention, but for the rising of those prompted by the Holy Spirit to recognize why Jesus came and how we can be saved. What a beautiful passage, eh? What a beautiful passage to start and to begin this new year. Are you willing or can you ask the Holy Spirit to prompt your heart to these spiritual disciplines to make you ready to receive Jesus and to enjoy him every time that you meet him and to speak about, about him to others that the Lord's will is prompting them to meet him. This is the challenge that we have this new year. And this is as well the invitation that the Lord is giving us through the Holy Spirit to all of us. You are not here Hearing this by chance is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit moving you to open your eyes and to see Jesus. This 2024. Let us pray. Lord, May your words become a living reality in our lives. Empower us to respond to Jesus with love, trust, and devotion. Ensuring that our encounters with him shape our destiny for eternity. We leave this place let the transformative power of your word through the Holy Spirit work within us to be a testimony of your love and grace to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now, listen to the inviting words of the Lord to his children. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen also to the Apostle Paul. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world. To save sinners. And finally here the Apostle John 